This is episode 151 with the Joe Rinaldi. You're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, former Division One swimmer, Forever Athlete founder, and your personal flow coach, helping you optimize your life one conversation at a time. This, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee will be one of those conversations. Remember, you can call or text in to join the show at 301-717-0817. Leave us reviews, feedback, or questions you want to see answered on upcoming shows. With that being said, today I'm joined by Joe Rinaldi for a second time. You're the first ever repeat guest on the show, my man. I just want want you to be aware of that. And for those not having the pleasure to know you personally yet, they're going to get to know you today. Joe is a performance coach. He is a podcast host of the Pursuit Podcast with a fellow podcast alum guest, Sam Tooley, and all around just like dope human being. Joe, I'm, I'm glad our paths have crossed and they continue to cross. How are you doing today, man? How's it feel to be back live on the show again for a second time? Corey, man, this feels incredible. And I have to thank you for that amazing introduction. Compliments are my weakness. I do so poorly accepting compliments, but I will take it. And as a second time guest, as the first second time guest, I feel a lot of pressure, but I know that this conversation will live up to the hype. So yeah, just grateful to be here. I was about to say, I think that's something you and I both share and I admire in you. It's just the humility that you have. And I think nothing is more awkward than just sitting there and the host listing off accolades and accolades and you're just like yeah cool i did that yep that's me Uh (laughs) uh-huh so i feel your pain uh first thing i wanted to ask you man because a lot has changed since the last time we were on the show and we chopped it up and jammed out together you quit your job you're you're solo dolo now sort of um doing your thing what was that decision like how has it been yeah so i I should clarify as you know i left my job but as my grandfather would say took an early retirement and so um yeah it is so it's been about three months now since i left my job and for anybody listening i graduated in 2019 from drexel university with a doctorate degree in physical therapy took an outpatient job here in philadelphia really was on board with everything, was really happy for the first couple of months. Uh, And I slowly started to realize that I didn't enjoy one, the pace that the clinic was moving at. I just felt like I couldn't fully be present with my patients because there was just so much going on. The volume was pretty high. So that bothered me from the start. But then as I continued to move forward and the pandemic happened and my life slowed down, I watched people like Corey, uh, my podcast co-host, Sam, and so many others who were uh, full-time entrepreneurs doing their own thing, like continuing to push forward, living on their own time, doing their own thing. And I just felt this ever-growing pull to do the same. And so uh, in July of this year, 2021, I finally built up the courage to take that jump, to leave my job as a full-time physical therapist, to do the online performance coaching, writing, speaking, podcasting, all of that full-time. And it's been it's been a great three months, but also a challenging three months. Um, but it's, it's allowed me the opportunity to do things like this, where we're sitting down on a weekday at 12 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that, you know, three months ago. I was about to say, I think last time we recorded it, it had to have been on like a Sunday afternoon or something. (laughs) 
and for context, guys, like Joe, when you were working that job, I remember following you along on social media and I was like, holy shit. I thought I woke up early. You were waking up pre 3 a.m. sometimes, right? And you were still, you're still getting everything done. What was that like? And how yeah. has it felt now? <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, I see you're still on the early morning grind, but it's not as early anymore, right? I'm I'm an early morning riser for life. So yeah, pre um, leaving my job, I was probably getting up on average around three o'clock, some mornings a little earlier. Currently, it's more of a four o'clock wake up time. So I'm sleeping in a little bit. And uh, <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, the time where I was at my job, I was still doing, um, you know, all the social media stuff, the podcast, uh, getting a YouTube channel started, the online performance coaching. And so I was still getting everything I wanted to get done, but that was resulting in, you know, 80, 90 plus hour work weeks, me being exhausted, not being able to be fully present uh, with the people I cared about, like my wife and our friends and our family. And so while I was checking all the boxes, my life was just not in a place where I wanted it to be. And it was also not sustainable. So really looking back, the question that I kept asking myself was, if I keep this up for five years, will I be where I want to be? And the answer was a hard, quick no. And so I left and these three months, like I said, have been challenging, but great. Uh, I have been sleeping better. I've been taking better care of myself. I've been able to get to the gym on a more frequent basis, which is super important to me. I've been able to connect with more people, which is also something that just grounds me and, and keeps me kind of in a good place. And so, yeah, life has been definitely a lot different for me, but I, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. And as someone that's followed the quality of your content for a while, like guys, his newsletter, next level, it is fantastic, constant day in, or I won't say day in, day out, week in, week out. It's not a daily thing. He's not <laughs> blowing up your email box, I, I promise. Um, it's funny because I just, so I just optimized my email. There's, there's a... Um, service called unroll.me and it's a, it's a free online service that you just plug in your email and it brings up every single thing that you're subscribed to and i kid you not when i i'm subscribed from 300 plus people email list that i was on yours was one of the ones that i chose to stay on and i say that to say what i've noticed from watching and observing and really taking in your content over the years here really past year, there was a major shift when you decided to take this leap and step away and go full all in on the creation. Not that your content wasn't good before. It's now it's taken another step. Talk to me about that. Like, do you feel more creative now? Do you feel like ideas are just popping up left and right now? What's that been I like on your end? Corey, you got to stop it with the compliments, man. Um, <laughs> seriously, We're just going to embarrass you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that big time. And yeah, like the newsletter is a perfect example of something that I started during the pandemic as almost a project that I wanted to grow and inspire me to take that next step. And so it's been about what, 65 weeks or so, so over a year. Yeah. And I definitely 100% noticed that when I left my job, 
I had just more creative capacity and I probably could just leave it at that. But um, my mind was free to think, to connect ideas that weren't previously connected to create from scratch and to create from other concepts that I've already consumed. And so for me, you know, while I felt like I was creative and adding value while I was still at my job, um, it was something where I was checking a box. And now I have time built into my schedule where I will sit down, I'll light a candle. I'm a big candle guy these days. And I'll grab a cup of coffee and it's, it's enjoyable. I have that space. There's no rush, no pressure. And I, I really do feel like the content that I'm creating in general everywhere has just been at a little bit of a higher level than it was previously. And it's something that I'm enjoying more and more. And I'm just super grateful to be able to do. Yeah. Did you feel almost, you said check on the box. Like, did you feel a little bit forced or this unspoken, uh, like obligation to show up for the people, especially because your stuff has grown pretty significantly over the past year too. Yeah. I, I definitely felt a sense of obligation and I wouldn't say in a negative way because mm-hmm. it was something that I, I wanted to do anyway, but just to give you like a practical example of, of a Wednesday in my life, four months ago, um, waking up at 3am I'm working out until about five, five 30. I'm coming home. I'm responding to emails, messages for an hour or so while I shovel down some oatmeal and a protein shake. I'm sitting down at my desk and jamming what I would consider three hours of creative work into an hour and a half. I'm profusely sweating because I still haven't showered from my workout. It's 9am. I'm, I'm typing away at the keyboard. I'm frustrated. I'm flustered because I'm trying to upload something that needs to get done before I leave for work in half an hour, jumping in the shower, rushing to work, getting there, spending eight hours at the clinic, basically with my mind all over the place Mm -hmm. about the things I still need to get done when I get home at nine o'clock at night. Um, And just, you know, getting home at nine, being on another call, doing some more stuff, going to bed at 11 and doing it all over again. And yeah, like I said, just wasn't sustainable. And, And definitely that obligation was not as enjoyable because I think the obligation I have now to add value to other people's lives is a very, very enjoyable one. It's something I look forward to meeting and, and to doing every day. Yeah. It's amazing what happens to our brain when we, when we think we're being Superman and we have, we're like doing all the things, but you, you hit a big one there where even when you were at your full-time job, your brain was elsewhere. That's when I, that's when I knew I had to leave when I was at um, prior to going solo myself. It was like, Every time I stepped foot onto into the work office or into the gym floor, I was like, man, I can't wait to be leaving here and do the things. And I just was always distracted when I was with my clients there. I was like, I'm doing them a disservice. I'm doing myself a disservice. I need to step away. So good on you for, for recognizing that too. I'm even more amazed for, correct me if I'm wrong, you were getting about four hours of sleep, four or five hours. Yeah. On average, probably four and a half or so hours. It was rough. I mean, I, I was in that mode where that was literally my only option if I wanted to keep up with everything I was doing and I almost saw no other way out. And so, yeah, sleep was definitely the thing that took a hit and uh, I was a zombie at times, but I was a productive zombie, but a zombie nonetheless. <laughs> I was about to say, I think that's something that a lot of athletes can relate to. It's like, I didn't know what being actually rested felt like. Mm-hmm. until swimming stopped for me. I was like, whoa, I'm not chronically fatigued. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, as an athlete and then also as just a student, as, as a student athlete and as somebody out in the workforce that, you know, sometimes you don't realize what level you're moving at, what speed you're moving at until you have a chance to slow down. And just to go back to the pandemic, you know, obviously we're still in it, but when that happened, it was such a blessing for me. And I'm sure so many others, you hear about so many people in the past year leaving their jobs and doing their own thing. But that change of pace just allowed me to realize that I didn't enjoy what I was doing to the level I wanted to enjoy it. And I would even go as far as using the word fulfillment versus happiness and something I've written about quite a bit and thought about uh, quite a bit as well. But I think to me, happiness is something that is maybe a little bit more superficial when compared to fulfillment. And happiness is something that can happen with or without other people. I mean, you could, you know, make a hundred bucks and feel happy. And that's because you gained something personally just for yourself. But fulfillment to me is something that could only happen when other people are involved or impacted. And I was, of course, helping people at my job as a physical therapist, but I felt like I could make a bigger and more unique and meaningful impact if I went out and did my own thing. So I think for me, looking back, even though I didn't realize it at the time, I was looking for fulfillment. And that was the reason that there was such a disconnect for me. And then of course, on top of that, you know, you're exhausted and there are so many other factors that come into play. But, you know, I think that fulfillment piece is something that really affected me in this past year. And then also, you know, as, as an athlete, when that transition happened and I stopped playing formal sports, I felt like there was a bigger piece of me that was almost missing when that stopped because I wasn't contributing to mm. something that was bigger than myself. Like I was when I was playing football, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. I mean, you were conditioned for most of your life to even you hear it even in how you describe fulfillment. Like I guarantee people listening would be like, Oh, I get his version of it. But to me, like fulfillment is like filling my cup. It's not, other people involved. It, it shows a lot about you, how you chose to describe fulfillment alone. And it's no wonder that when you stepped away from something where it was formally set up, where you were contributing to a greater whole, bigger than yourself, that you felt a deeper sense of fulfillment. How have you navigated now finding that same meaning or deeper meaning even uh, beyond football, beyond physical therapy, like, do you feel like you found it? Do you think you're feel like you're getting closer? Where are you feeling with it? Man, that's a great question. I think for me, there are layers, right? And mm. so I'll just start at, at the center. I think my relationship with my wife is has been just such a blessing on so many levels. But when I do anything these days, I understand that it's not just impacting me, it's, it's affecting her as well. And so that team aspect of being mm. married is, is huge for me. And to be honest, I don't know where I would be without that and without her, um, because it really does add a whole nother layer of meaning to my life. So that's one aspect of it. And then I think in terms of the work that I do, working with clients and, you know, we're obviously working toward a variety of goals. I have people who are running marathons, people who want to lose weight, get stronger, work on their mindset. It runs the whole gamut. But I think the commonality between all of those people is I feel a personal responsibility um, to help that person with what they're going through and whether or not we end up achieving their end goal, which more often than not, I would like to think we do. 
it's that process and being able to walk with them through that process that really is fulfilling for me because it's those days where somebody's just having a really, really tough one. And maybe I'm not even doing, uh, you know, any active coaching, so to speak. I put that in quotes, but I'm just listening and I'm there for another person. And when I could be fully present and be there for another person, I feel like that is the definition of fulfillment for me on an individual level. Um, and I think the piece that I'm still missing is that team aspect. And so, right, I have that with my wife, but I've been so used to through sport being part of, you know, a 20, 30, 40, 50 person team where everybody has a role and you're interacting with those people on a daily basis. And now so more than ever leaving my job, being in my apartment alone physically for most of the day, yeah. um, that aspect of fulfillment is still hard for me to find. And honestly, Corey, I'd be so curious to hear your perspective on that as well, because obviously you're doing your own thing for most of the week and you're building mm -hmm. a community, but it, it's different, you know? That I think that's why I wanted to build a community. I said it actually on a an earlier episode now that will have already aired by this time this goes out is I wanted to create forever athlete as at its core. The main mission is just to provide a sense of belonging for the seekers that are willing to go and do hard shit in life. And they're the, it's there for the people where they're just like, I'm willingly, I'm going to give up drinking. I'm going to give up going out to the bars, I'm willing to sacrifice the immediate social life for longer term fulfillment. And I'd, I'd be curious to get your take on this concept. I've been doing a lot of reading on pleasure versus enjoyment mm -hmm. and the, the notion between the two and kind of how I've been looking at it. It's like all of those options that I listed, there's nothing wrong with them. Like I have no judgment of people that choose to go out and drink. I know that's something that you and I have in common where I'm a little behind in the number of months, uh, your years into this. I'm still months figuring out my relationship there. But I, what I've noticed, what's made it easy in some levels is I noticed I was constantly just getting immediate pleasure in those moments. I wasn't truly getting deeper level of enjoyment. I wasn't getting conversations like this at a bar at 2 a.m. I was getting plenty of pleasure. I, would, I was meeting cool people, but I wasn't getting like a deeper sense of belonging, a deeper sense of, okay, this guy gets it. And I think that's what really our responsibility as coaches really boils down to. So you could be that one person in that other, in your client's life that truly sees them for who they are. You said it earlier, air quotes, coaching, like you're just actively listening. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect because how many times do people not have that in their life? Everyone has friends. Everyone has family that, yeah, they'll listen, but they'll throw in some sort of biased objection of like, oh, you should be doing this. I think what's really cool as a coach is you have this op opportunity to just be that non-objective neutral person in their life and just ask enough questions where they actually get to find the solution. And you know it from external or extrinsic motivation versus intrinsic motivation. The intrinsic's always going to win out. So kind of long, long-winded. I don't even know if there's a question there. I would over tie it back into pleasure versus enjoyment, kind of where you stand on that, how you feel about those topics. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, my wife, if she's listening to this, is rolling her eyes right now at this moment, because if there's anybody in this world who loves delayed gratification more than me, I have yet to meet that person. So, uh, you know, right. I, I, might, I might throw my name in the, in the, in the um, have, are, are you familiar with the Stanford marshmallow experiment? Which one? Uh, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't realize there were a couple, but so the one I'm, I'm talking about, I think this, this happened decades ago at this point, but they brought in these kids and they'd put them at a table. You yep. know what I'm talking about? Marshmallow mm -hmm. for anybody who doesn't know, put a marshmallow on the table. And then the researcher would say, all right, I'm coming back in X number of minutes. You can eat this marshmallow, but if you want to wait until I get back, you can have two marshmallows. And so they would leave and come back and see what the kids did. And then they tracked those kids as they became teen teenagers and adults, and they went to school and got jobs. And they tracked all these metrics and the children who were able to delay their gratification and wait for a second marshmallow um, scored objectively higher on all these different outcomes in relation to academics and relationships and profession. And so the point was delayed gratification is an important skill and it ties into a lot of aspects of life. And so for me, I think pleasure, like you mentioned, is a very immediate thing. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost surface level, if you will. It's, it happens, it comes and goes, and it's gone. And to me, enjoyment comes from doing something with a little bit of a deeper meaning. And deeper meaning could come from many different places. But for me personally, it's knowing that I am doing something that long term I'm going to be happy with. And that's where the difference is for me. And so to just give a practical example, every single day I set my alarm for whatever time in the morning it is, three, four, four thirty, if I'm feeling a little tired. And uh, right, but when that <laughs> alarm goes off and people ask me this because I'm known in a lot of circles as that guy, that guy mm -hmm. who's up at three or four in the morning, people ask me, you know, how do you do it? Like I set my alarm and I just I snooze it. Like I just can't get up. And to me, it's that decision. It's that first decision of the day. And you get to decide, am I going to seek to use your terms pleasure right now and get mm -hmm. 10 more minutes of sleep? Or am I going to do what's hard and uncomfortable right in this moment and enjoy the result for the rest of the day where you have that win and it builds momentum for the rest of your day? And so to me, it's a difference in both depth and timing of, of what you're experiencing for pleasure and enjoyment. I like that. I would I would argue with the um I'm I'm with you with the snooze and mm. I I noticed actually when I made the transition out here to LA I was falling victim to that myself like alarm was set man for 4:30 I was getting up at like 5:15 it was like and I knew exactly what I was doing and I finally just had one day like had to look at my myself in the mirror and just say dude what, like, this isn't you. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? You need to dial in. Is it like a night, a better nighttime routine? We need to get a little bit stricter about bedtime and a wind down routine. One of the things that's really helped me there, honestly, is putting the phone away at like 6.30 every evening. Um, and it's really funny because people will text me and they'll be like, why didn't you respond? I'll respond like a full 12 hours later when I like go onto my phone for the first time in the morning. And they're like, what, like, why didn't you get back to me? And I was like, what are you like? Okay. Like everything's fine. <laughs> like, we didn't miss out on anything. Um, but that was, that was a huge thing I noticed was like, all right, my commitment to myself in the morning, it becomes easier, still not a, an automatic decision, but 
becomes easier to make the the sacrifice and actually get up and start moving if I'm setting myself up for it ahead of time. Yeah. And dude, kudos to you for putting the phone away at 630. I mean, we talked about this uh, privately, you know, a couple of weeks ago, but I just, I, it's something that I feel like I need to do. And maybe it's not a 630 thing for me, but maybe it's, you know, seven, seven thirty-eight or whatever. That's a little bit irrelevant. But for me, it's just that disconnect of like shutting down the outside world mm-hmm. to be fully present before I'm going to wind down my day. And, you know, it's that temptation. And I think anybody who has a phone could, could relate to what I'm going to say next, but it's like, you're going to, you tell yourself one second, you're like, I'm not going to go on my phone. I'm not going to open Instagram. And 10 seconds, later you don't even know how you got there and you're scrolling through instagram and uh it's it's crazy so kudos to you i think i need to try to implement some of that yeah one of the things that i found to be really really helpful actually is so i I deleted all my apps on my from my home screen so when you go to like if you hold down on an app it gives you the option to delete it all together or just remove from home screen if you hit remove from home screen it it stays on your phone it's just not visible anymore so that's been a huge help for me because I'm breaking that subconscious habit of unlock phone. I know exactly where Instagram is. I know exactly where TikTok is. I know exactly where the apps that you know end up taking me down that rabbit hole are. And now they're not there. So now I have to actually make conscious decisions and brain power to search on the search bar like Instagram. And then it pops up and then I have to click on it. So I'm like adding in all these extra steps and it sounds crazy, but even just adding two extra steps there, your, your brain's pretty lazy. Like it's, yeah. The amount of times I pick up my phone and I just look at it, I'm like, why? That was another th- I turned off race to wake, like mm. that your screen popping up and uh, turning on as soon as you raise it. So it's not even on. And I'm like, oh, now I need to actually like press a button, turn on the screen unlock it, put in my passcode. Like, oh, I'm making it harder for myself, (laughs) but it's a good strategy. And I would argue too, to your point of the um, delayed gratification versus the instant results and instant pleasure. Um, And it's funny because the thing just lit up as I was talking somehow, my little Amazon (laughs) device um, has conditioned us, I think, against that. It's like, why, why wait? for a quality piece of furniture when you can get something eh, just about the same in two days or less with Amazon. Uh, like think of how many people, how many complaints have you heard in your friend group, especially the, the older they are. Oh man, I tried to get a couch and like it was delayed eight months, eight weeks during this pandemic. It's like, really dude? <laughs> it's eight weeks, man. Shoot. I think- yeah. I, I can't imagine waiting for eight weeks for something, to be honest. <laughs> but it's funny because in like in football, it was set up for you to train all year, like preseason, and then you play well, and then hopefully get into the playoffs championship game. Swimming is one of those sports where, shoot, if I was lucky, I had two opportunities a year to go a true best time. Hmm. I was like, since when did I get away from that? <laughs> I think the phone doesn't help us either because if we need to hit a dopamine, we got Instagram and it's endless. It's literally endless or TikTok or whatever social media is your jam now. Definitely. No, it takes, it takes a whole lot of intention and a lot of willpower. And I think 
you need to have a pretty strong driving force as to why you're making that change. Because mm-hmm. like we've talked at various points throughout the conversation about depth, um, you know, surface level um, temptations really require a lot, a lot of a deeper driving force for why you're going to change that thing just because of the way that we're conditioned and hardwired. Um, and so I definitely can relate to that. And, you know, to be honest, I didn't even realize I could take apps off my home screen without deleting them. So like, as soon as we're done with this podcast, um, I'm changing some things up. So I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, man. Do the same thing on my desktop. It's a, uh, absolute game changer for focus and like just honing in on less distractions. Um, speaking of depth, you have recently changed your Instagram name, like not to, to bring it to social media conversation, but there's definitely more depth as to why you, for context, those listening in used to be Dr. Joe Rinaldi, right? Uh, Joe Rinaldi dot DPT. Okay. Dr. Physical therapy. Yeah. What was, cause it's funny. Cause for a while your life was about chasing that and getting that title and getting that degree. And yeah, now I mean, only a few years later, you're like, oh, I don't need that in my Instagram name. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it, 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 it is really a deep reason. And I will say first and foremost, Joe Rinaldi on Instagram. If you are somehow listening to this podcast, I'm going to wear the name. I'm, I'm going to wear you down. All right. Um, now I reached out to this guy and he was, uh, he was not willing to part part ways with, with Joe Rinaldi Instagram handle. But anyway, um, you know, I think for me, you're right. I was aspiring to be different things as I came up throughout undergrad, throughout grad school. I wanted to be a doctor of physical therapy. And as soon as I got that title, it was this, the weirdest thing. I was like, I no longer really cared about it. And um, I realized, and this was something I spoke about at my graduation, I I was lucky enough to give the speech to my class was that before we could be physical therapists, before we could be great physical therapists, we we have to be humans, we have to be great Mm. humans. And I think that was really the driving force behind why I wanted to change the Instagram handle. And to some people, it might not seem important at all. But if you're representing yourself online, you want it to be as accurate as possible. And for me, I just felt like it wasn't an accurate representation of who I was or where I was going um, to kind of use my handle as a way to denote my title of doctor of physical therapy. I just want to be Joe Rinaldi, the person in this case, Joe A. Rinaldi, the person A stands for Anthony. Gotta love the Italian middle name. Um, but you know, for me, it's, it's really that matter of like, who am I first and foremost, if I lost everything and that's just a human being. And, Mm. um, and I think I feel a lot more free now to create and to be who I truly want to be on social media, to be as authentic as possible. Um, and I know that might sound silly to some people. I, I really get that. But for me, it was really an important change. And so, I mean, I guess that's that's the reason. But going forward, I don't I don't plan on changing anything from here because I feel pretty good about that right now. And it's good that you feel confident in your own name and who you are, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was about to say it might seem trivial, but it's no wonder that we're we're at least discussing it because we have a book on the way all around identity and labels and what we choose to to search. And I am a hundred percent with you. I was C camp fit and then I became Corey camp fit and I felt boxed in with that. And I'm very careful now myself. Now it's just Corey camp on there, but even still like people ask, Oh, you're a runner now. 
Like now, I just enjoy running like from time to time. How have you kind of grappled and dealt with with labels, especially moving beyond the playing days and now like you're still practice as a physical therapist now and then, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So I, I feel like I I wear many different hats, but underneath all the hats, I'm still just Joe Rinaldi, the person. And that's maybe the best way I could describe it. And so mm. when I'm practicing as a physical therapist, yeah, I have that education. I have that experience. I step into that role and, and I do my job. And um, if I'm coaching somebody, right, I have that specific experience. I was an athlete. I've coached for a while and, and I step into that role. And if I'm being the best husband I could possibly be and I'm cooking dinner or, I'm, you know, helping flipping my eggs. Wife, flipping eggs, um, you know, those are all things that I step into and I have the capability and ability to, to do because I've done them. I've gone through whatever training, except for being a husband, nothing really prepares you for that. Um, There's no boot but, camp for that one. <laughs> Unfortunately, not that I found, but you know, I think I look at it as I'm able to step into these roles. I'm qualified, I'm ready and prepared. Um, but regardless of all those things, while I'm doing them, and then when I stop doing them, I'm still the same person. And I try to carry who I am as a person into every aspect of my life. Um, and I think that continuity is what's really, really important for me. And maybe to tie it back into social media, it's that continuity piece of who am I at my core that I just want to be as authentic and transparent as possible with people about that piece. Mm. Yeah. I like that, man. I like that a lot. It's you must hear it. I feel like in athletics, it's very common. Like the talk of the alter ego, mm. like the, the alter Joe comes out uh, when it comes time to perform. Cause I mean, knowing you in full transparency, I'm like, this dude was a football player. Like he was going to hit me like really, really hard. Like what? He's one of the nicest dudes ever. Um, and it's like, yeah, man, I, I'm a very laid back person, but I knew how to like turn on that switch and turn on that alter ego to go to what I'm hearing from you is like, I don't even know if it's an alter ego, but it's just like, you're expressing a part of you in a different way in that moment. Yeah. Almost, uh, like shape-shifting, you know, I'm just, um, I'm filling whatever, whatever vessel I need to fill. I'm filling it with who I am in that specific moment. And honestly, I, I love the fact that you brought up football because that's probably the ultimate example. You're right. I, I would never hurt anybody. Um, but something comes over you when you put on a football helmet and, uh, and you have some pads on and, you know, there's a highlight video floating around on YouTube somewhere, but there are definitely clips where I, I knock someone down and definitely stand over them and taunt them a little bit. And I'm not necessarily proud of that, but um, when you're on the football field, like there's just a different part of you that is expressed and comes out. And um, yeah, but I think the important thing for me is being able to turn off um, mm -hmm. that, that part when you're not on the field or you're not in the clinic or you're not wherever you are, that you, you have the ability to control that expression. Because I think, you know, as you see with a lot of the domestic violence that happens, you know, in mm -hmm. the NFL and those, you know, people have trouble turning that off and, um, being able to control your expression is, is important. Uh, so yeah, football is a good example of that. <laughs> I was about to say, man, I wish, I wish now that we got video going on in the show, I was like, man, I need it. Now we got to get on Joe Rogan level and be like, Jamie, pull that up. Like pull up that clip <laughs> of, uh, this video that Joe's talking about. It's funny. I had a, a similar experience actually against your alma mater, uh, Drexel 
uh, because they were in conference rivals with me at Delaware. I remember the only time that I ever like taunted or like, I don't know what it was, man. Like the Drexel guys just like got to me. There was one meet where it was a close race. Like I started off way ahead of some, one of their guys, then he came back on me. And, but then ultimately I, I, I touched him out and I could hear as he was gaining on me, like Drexel was going crazy. He was at Drexel. And I remember touching the out, touching him on the wall. And I just turned to their side and I just put my finger up like, shh, shh, stop talking, <laughs> stop, you know, stop all that noise. We ended up losing the meat. So it's pretty embarrassing, <laughs> but I feel you, man. Cause I'm like, I look back on that. And I was like, who, who was that? Like, why did I do that in the moment? Yeah, but something, emotions something take comes over, over you. you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would be curious now as like, as you get into the, the wokefulness, the mindfulness, side of things do you feel like you're more in control i wouldn't even say more control is the right way you're just more of an observer of emotions coming up and then consciously making a choice that serves you better in that moment yeah for sure i mean one of the things that has been really challenging for me since leaving my job is just the volatility of emotions Mm -hmm. and uh there's this amazing quote from Laura Mathis, and I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't remember word for word, but you know, some days you are the ocean and some days you're drowning in it. And I have experienced that pretty much every single day for the past three months. Um, you know, there are moments where you just land a new client or, you know, it's just been a good day. And then the next day, three clients tell you, oh, I, I can't continue on or this happens or that happens. And just these highs and these lows. And I think for me, it's been a really great opportunity to practice mindfulness and to be aware and to be present and intentional. And um, I've absolutely noticed that about myself that over the past three months, the ability of myself to step back and to look at things from a different perspective has grown exponentially. And I think it's about, for me at least, having humility at those high points, knowing that there's going to be a valley that's coming right after the peak at some Mm -hmm. point. Um, and also being hopeful in the low points, knowing that this too shall pass and that, you know, things get better over time. And I've been reading the book, uh, The Greatest Salesman in the World. And I, have you ever read that, Corey? I've not. Uh, I've heard it multiple times. Matthew McConaughey endorsed it in his book. That's exactly why I read it. So, <laughs> I love it. And, and, and it's a well, well endorsed book. It is one of the best books I've read um, page for page. It's it's like a hundred pages, real short. And it's a story, it's in a story form. But one of the things that's talked about in that book is how nature goes in cycles. You know, flowers bloom, flowers die. The moon is full, the moon is gone. The sun rises, sunsets, tides, in and out, everything. And our lives are like that in a lot of ways too. And maybe it's not as easy to see as the sun rises, the sun sets the same time every single day, but we go through cycles. We have seasons of life. We have good seasons and bad seasons. We have easy seasons and hard seasons and everything in between. And so I think for me, it's trusting the process of what's happening and knowing that we might not be able to control what's happening, but we can always control how we're responding. And for me, it's that awareness and intention in responding to circumstances that has been such a cool opportunity to have and just a practice to be in daily. Uh, it's been really, really cool. Yeah, man. I love that. I, I love, I always love conversations with you because I end up with a book list <laughs> in my Amazon cart that I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I'm reading 10 more. Um, I just finished Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankel. I'm sure you've, you've read it. I'm late to the game with this one, but 
one of the biggest takeaways I had there was how we always have that freedom to choose the attitude towards our circumstances, really. Um, and that's definitely paraphrasing the quotes in there, but that's what I'm hearing a lot from you is like, you have the freedom to choose the attitude towards the three clients just randomly out of the blue being like, Joe, you're great, dude. But, uh, yeah, life, man, I'm just, I can't, I can't do I lost my job. I did this. Something happened. I can't continue on. And you're like, well, how do I, <laughs> how do I continue on now? Like now I don't have three, cl- three paying clients that I was banking on. It's uh, the, the roller coaster of emotions that comes with, especially the coaching space. Um, but all we can do is just continue to do our best and show up the way that you know how to show up the best. Exactly. And I, you know, I think another piece for me is there are two other components that help me through that process. And one is certainly having people like yourself, uh, like my other close friends, like my wife to connect with, to converse with, um, to support me, because I think that's something I've been bad at in the past is leaning on other people for help when I need it. And it's something I'm actively working on getting better at. It's still Mm -hmm. a challenge for me, but people, is what really keeps me, helps keep me in the middle in those relationships. And then the other piece is having things to look forward to, projects to work on, things to stay active with. And so the book project that you and I have been working on um, has been such a blessing because through the ups and the downs, I have this thing out in the distance on the horizon to look at, to work toward, and to be excited about. And um, that's really been a key for me over the past three months is looking forward to that project. So yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. I'm I'm so stoked to read your chapter and everyone else is there. It's going to be a really powerful project. Um, I think it just goes to show, like I felt the same way when I had swimming in my life. It was like, no matter what was going on in the world, like I had that, like that was my, because it had that long-term vision of like, okay, March conference meet, showtime, let's go. It doesn't matter what's going on and January, February, December, like we're locked in. So I think it definitely goes to show it doesn't have to be an athletic event anymore. It can be whatever you want it to be. Speaking of athletic events though, you've been, you've been crushing some triathlons and, and all that. What's just be curious, like what's current training look like for you now? Yeah, absolutely. So triathlon was at the forefront of my brain until my bike got stolen uh, about a month ago. So I'm currently by, uh, by default doing a lot of running when it comes to the endurance stuff. But um, no, I, I currently, I just ran a 10K last week. Uh, Lululemon hosts an annual event that's usually up in Canada, but this year they did seaweeds. it virtually. Yeah. So yeah. we did um, like kind of a Philly-based seaweeds with some of the Lululemon people here in the city. It was a lot of fun. I felt good. I met some new people. So that was fun. But the big thing on the horizon for me is the go one more half marathon, that mm. bare performance nutrition. You I, got in? I got in, man. Damn. I got I, in. Nick, you're probably not listening to this, but if you're listening, <laughs> I want in, baby. And we're going full distance. We're going full marathon. I was so mad. I missed that sign up. I like, I got the email. I, I check my email very sporadically now, on, mm. very intentional, very on purpose, but I got it like three hours late and it was sold out. I was like, and then I was talking to people and they were like, yeah, it's sold out in 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that'll be, it'll be a really unique, really cool event. Um, and for, for, I chose the half marathon distance as opposed to the marathon for a couple of reasons. I think one, 
if I want to go long, I want to do something really long. So mm-hmm. on the horizon for me might be a 50 plus miler, which is yeah, totally out of Love my, it. my comfort zone. I mean, for, for anybody listening, I'm like five, 10 and a half on a good day, 185. I played football my whole life. So running is something I enjoy and I'm getting better at, but um, you know, a long distance would be challenging. But for now, the half marathon is a place where I feel like I could really push it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to shoot for sub 130, which is somewhere Ooh, around yeah, 650 pace, something like that. Um, and so for the next three and a half or so months, uh, I'll be training for that. I'm going to keep my weightlifting. I love being in the gym. There's no way I could give that up or would give that up. So my goal is to really keep my size, um, maybe even get a little bit stronger in the gym, which is a stretch yeah. while getting significantly faster. And, uh, I'll be doing a lot of running, but mostly a lot of biking. I have an indoor spin bike, uh, mm-hmm. here office. So my plan is to use a lot of that to build uh, aerobic capacity and then use some interval runs and some tempo runs to just get a little bit quicker, uh, maybe throw in some longer runs just to make sure my feet and my legs can handle the, the physical mm-hmm. pounding of the pavement. And, uh, and we'll see what, what the world has to offer on January 29th, I believe 2022 for the half marathon. I'm going to, I'm going to wheeze my way in there somehow or another. <laughs> we're we're going to make it happen. Um, dude, I, I, obviously I'm not surprised given your background, you have a solid <laughs> plan in place to, to knock out all of that. I love it though. I love the intentionality. It's one of the things I think you do really, really well is that you just lay out and execute, um, you almost make it dummy proof in a lot Thank of ways. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I think, yeah, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. I think uh, consistency and intentionality are are strong points of mine, but they also lend themselves to rigidity at points. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just uh, with, with life being so fluid and sometimes spontaneous, uh, that could be a challenge for me, but that's probably for a whole nother podcast sometime. I could talk about that for hours. Oh, pause there. We'll double click on that one at a later date. We'll bring it back for a third one, obviously. Um, well, before we close, dude, I want to, to highlight just a few quick questions. One, what does being a forever athlete mean to you? Cause in my eyes, you definitely represent someone when I came up with this concept, but I'd be curious from you yourself, like, what does that mean? Yeah, it's such, such a good question. And since we first met, um, and you told me about the concept and, you know, I've thought quite a bit about it. And the definition or the answer keeps changing for me, but I think at its core, being a forever athlete uh, means always moving forward. And so for me, right, being an athlete, there's there's an end goal in mind, and there's obviously a process involved, whether it's football or baseball or track, you're striving for something. You're pursuing a better version of yourself physically, but also mentally and emotionally, um, just as a person. And so as I move forward in life, being a forever athlete doesn't actually have so much to do for me with the physical aspect of what I just said, but more so just constantly striving to be better, to add value. And uh, if you view the people around you as one big team um, to work together uh, to get to where you want to go. So that's what it is for me, but um, you know. Absolutely love that. We'll we'll send you a uh, always moving forward t-shirt after this. We got (laughs) you. I want to ask you the fast five, if you remember these from the first go around, we'll see if the answers have changed or not. This'll be interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll go back and compare, watch the film, watch the tape. 
The first one is, remember, they're all one sentence, one word answers. So first one is, what's your go-to podcast that you've been jamming on? The School of Greatness by Lewis Howes. Fantastic, fantastic one. Number two, what's your go-to book that you've read in the past year? Because I already said the greatest salesman in the world, I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to go with Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Oh, phenomenal read. I think I read that one in like two days. Yeah. Uh, number three, what is something that you can't live without? I'm going to say my wife. Hopefully I said her last time. Two for two. I was like, <laughs> you definitely said her last two around. There you go. You're you're going to be doing well when this gets released and she listens in. Number four is uh, what's a quote that you live by? Sometimes when you're in a dark place, it feels like you've been buried, but you've actually been planted. Christine Kane. There we go. You just like come off these quotes so clean. Like most people are like, oh, I think it's this. I'm going to butcher it. Like you have a knack for just spitting them out, man. I love it. Last one one word focus at this point in time. What is it? Intentionality. Intentionality. Laser-like intentionality. Let's go. You do it. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I, I am so curious right now what my answers were last time. As soon as we get off this, this recording, I'm going back and I'm listening to what I said last time. And I really hope it was my wife last time. Ladies and gentlemen, go check it out. If Joe, did not say his wife for number three. You have my permission to go give him shit on Instagram <laughs> at Joe A. Rinaldi. <laughs> uh, Joe, man, I want to just take the time to thank you, acknowledge you. Um, and you are one of the guys in my eyes that intentionally shows up with unmatched consistency. And also one of the things I was thinking as we were sitting prepping to sit down for this you don't overthink things. You do things very, very, very simply. Um, I think that's something that a lot of people get caught up in. They paralyze, not taking anything away from like the content that you put out because it's phenomenal. But I love that it's just black and white text occasionally, picture occasionally, like not a fancy edit video. It's just, it's very straight to the point, simple, but it's not easy to show up with the way that you're doing it. So want to acknowledge you for that. I appreciate the time guys. If you missed anything, go back. We covered everything today from talking boundaries, how to deal with the ups and downs, identity labels. This was a good one. This is a juicy one. Where can people listening in find more Joe in their life? Yeah. So Joe A. Rinaldi on Instagram is the best place. And from there, you can find my blog, joerinaldi.blog, the podcast, the Pursuit Podcast, and anything else you'd like to know about me is pretty much out there on the internet. So feel free to reach out. <laughs> it's, say it's, a, it's a wild time, right? When everything, everything you do can just be searched in the Google search there. Um, Joe, man, I appreciate the time. It's always fun jamming with you. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, you're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I will see you all 